It's been over a year now since In The Key of Q launched. In our archive, you can find over 50 interviews of queer musicians from around the world and hear their music from rap Unaware of my proclivities to self-sabotage to country soul and rock. These episodes are available on the main feed. You can access them via the website at inthekeyofq.com or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. Hello, it's Dan here putting the finishing touches to this episode 7 of In The Key Of Q. Our Patreon page is a space where regular listeners can show their support for the pod in return for exclusive content. Your generosity really helps to make these episodes happen. And of course, please do rate and review the show on your preferred pod platform. It has been a particularly challenging episode to edit as it deals with issues of suicide and child sex abuse. As a white man, I do feel uncomfortable featuring critiques of black culture in my pod. But at the same time, I'm keen not to silence the artists who struggle enough as it is to have their voices heard. In this case, I've had the episode editorially approved by the artist before publication to ensure that it fairly reflects the message that he wanted to send. His wisdom and strength is truly inspiring, and I encourage listeners to give him their full attention. I was so scared to say he him. I was making references to pussy that I've never even been involved with. So it, it, it was just like, I just, I can't, I can't keep doing this anymore. Hello, it's Dan Hall. I love popular music and have spent most of my life translating heteronormative content onto my gay experience. But I think it's time I stopped translating. And so I'm speaking to musicians from around the world who mirror and inspire my queer experience. Welcome to In The Key Of Q. My guest today describes himself as a lyricist, author, songwriter and producer. His hip-hop sound very much pays a nod to the 1980s golden era of the genre. His lyrics are highly personal, empowering his listeners to make peace with their demons, just as he has done with his own. His song I Don't Feel God was featured in the Spike Lee film The Sweet Blood of Jesus, and his most recent long player was the 2019 release Black Boy Wonderment. Theism, welcome to In the Key of Q. Your hello, sir. He's so big and bad, come through thicker than a maxi pad. He slayed everything, it's so sad. Everybody hating, no, they be so mad, bitch. Gotta drop a bag on them. Music is my, that's my, that's my husband. I love him. He loves me. He's never cheated on me. He's never lied to me. He's never called me fat when I felt fat. If I can't say it out loud to a human, I could write a song about it. Sometimes I don't I don't know how to say things in real time. So that's where, you know, being a creative comes in. I I remember hearing adults uh making comments about me being a little sweet from maybe when I was like seven, eight, nine. So when you're in school and, you know, you're just kind of trying to figure things out and you hear people calling you a faggot or calling you a sissy and you don't really understand why, you don't know what it really means, but you just know it's something bad. That was what I, I dealt with all through schooling. 
but it was high school when I really knew something was up with me. A bully in every fucking class almost. I wasn't physically attacked until maybe my junior year of high school. I will never forget it. We were at the public library. Me and my friends were at a table. I got really nervous because these people were circling the library. They were just staring at us and they kept circling. I was like, yo, we need to leave. Of course, I don't walk fast enough. I get jumped. Okay. And how old are you? Maybe 15, 16. The side of my face was swollen. My ear was hurt. I go home. My grandmother's in the kitchen. She's making food. She's like, what's wrong with you? And I said nothing. And I just went to my room. I just cried. And listened to the Woe Nelly album by Nelly Furtado. And at a certain point, I stopped crying because the music was really good. (laughs) I would play her record every day after school just to kind of like keep myself and like keep my mind because I was scared every day going to school, every day. Ism, you have a particularly powerful song in your catalog called Give Me Strength. Yeah. We're going to hear a clip of it now. And then uh, if after that, you could uh, tell us a bit about it. Absolutely. Star that I was on tonight, would you explode into the galaxy amidst this fight? This fight is swimming in depression, overdosing on my self-loathing, while all the while knowing that I am chosen. But was I chosen when my dad walked out and feeling like my mama picked me out so she could have on out? Never told her what happened to me How could a tickle fight turning across the boundaries Yeah, it was her homegirl's son And with no reason to touch me He sure found one Imagine being treated like a porter potty Every Christmas begging God for a new body Give me strength It's really unfortunate that Black men can't talk about sexual trauma Because we face it as well I don't care if the babysitter let you fuck her when you were 10. That was wrong. And that shouldn't be championed. That doesn't make you a man. You were sexually assaulted and it was wrong. Black boys being molested by, you know, other black men, that was wrong. You do not have to carry that burden. You did nothing wrong. It was not your fault. But writing gave me strength and actually going back there was really hard. But I knew that other black men, other black boys needed it because Drake's not doing it. Lil Wayne's not doing it. Nobody's talking about things like that. And these things happen to us. So give me strength, but just a safe space for black boys, for black men who have dealt with things, who have dealt with with being raped and molested and being ostracized at school, being the ugly one, the ugly duckling, that that song is a safe space for them. Excellent student, I was killing the books. I'm wondering why honeys wasn't giving me looks. Maybe it's cause I'm dark skinned. Maybe if I could light it up, then I might win. But guess again, I was dirty and I didn't get bathed that much that I remember. Maybe we moved around too much. Maybe my mother was too busy getting blasted. I don't know how it lasted this long, but one day she was gone. I I wanted to to speak 
on the behalf of other black and brown boys that, that experience that, that have no voice. You know, black men started reaching out to me privately and thanking me. That was like the all the validation I needed. And after that, it was like, you know what? If it's on my mind, if it's on my heart, and it comes out in a song, I'm going to go with it. Because apparently, the muses gave me that for a reason. To be here where I am, I'm grateful. Because it could have killed me. I could have allowed it to take me out. I was sent to live with my aunt because my mother's drug abuse was really, really bad. And we were, we didn't have stable housing. So my grandmother thought it would be best. Alone, unloved, unwanted. My mother didn't want me. I don't feel any connection or love from my aunt and my family. I just feel weird. I feel like I shouldn't be here. Like a in an 11, 12-year-old boy shouldn't have to go through that. I went in the kitchen and I got a knife and I put it to my stomach. And I was trying to talk myself into pushing it in, but I just couldn't do it. And that was the first time that I recall thinking about suicide or attempting it. And how does a 11, 12-year-old even know how to even think about killing themselves? But I'm just grateful um, to still be here and to be stronger than I thought I would be by this age, to be honest. If I talk about it, I'm not alone anymore because I know somebody else has gone through this. If I talk about this, that's, that's going to let someone else know that they can get through it too. We would have to go to each other's friends' houses and talk about boys and do all the, all of that shit on the low. So we didn't get beat up, so we wouldn't be hurt. It wasn't until maybe my sophomore, junior year that I was introduced to Al Cunningham, who was like the, um, shout out to Uncle Al. I hope he hears this. Wow. I love you, Uncle Al. Um... Al, Al, uh, Al Cunningham was like a like a uh, like an LGBT specialist at, at at like this Planned Parenthood in my city, and they start like he kind of created this safe space for me and my gay friends to come to talk about boys. He taught us about safe sex, about HIV and and AIDS prevention, and he just gave us space for us to be ourselves. I I just I just really want gay gay black boys to know that there are safe spaces for them, there are resources for you, uh, there are people that you can talk to to feel safe that will properly guide you and not try to sex you. Everyone is not out to beat you up. Everybody isn't out to take your lunch money. Unfortunately, you are around people that do not understand who you are because they don't understand themselves entirely. So there's something about you that makes these people nervous. And that's and clearly that's not your problem. But you find somebody that you can be safe with because you need that. Because being locked up in your room with all of those feelings and all of those emotions will push you to kill yourself. And that's not what we want. And that's not what you want. I know you thought about it. 
I know you want to do it because I did. But I promise you, it gets so much better. And that shit sounds so corny. And I used to fucking hate hearing that shit. But it's the truth. But you can be yourself and fully be yourself. I wish I had somebody tell me that when I was a black boy. Now I'm a black man still trying to figure it out. And you don't want to be like me. Be your whole full self. However that may be, whatever that looks like, you be that. And you be the fucking best at it. Yo. Sometimes I feel like I be losing my shit Kinda feel like I be losing my grip I be talking to myself with my mask on Cause you can't see I be praying that nobody don't fuck with me I don't think I really came out to myself Until I was in my 20s Which is sad I'm 36 now And it That shit was rough man And, and, and even still trying to like have romantic relationships with other black men was hard because I was still trying to like accept myself, but I had to act a certain type of way because he doesn't like feminine guys, so I got to be masculine. And that is a huge problem, I think, in certainly in gay culture, that black gay men are expected to be hyper-masculine. They've got to be, you know, the big black dom top. It's so reductive. Out, outside of black culture, that's all we're seen as. The, the fucking thug or the the bull or the 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 uh, a fucking cucks fantasy like that's all we're seen as so ism a huge amount of what you're doing seems to be reaching out seems to be communicating with people what would do you think the 15 year old version of yourself think of what you're doing think of your music he'd be like holy shit you're the shit i'm the shit wait we're the shit when we get older? Fuck! Oh my God! That's what he would say. That's exactly what he would say. He would flip the fuck out. Would he be proud of you? Very. I, I, I had a conversation with him because I'm in the process of letting him go so that I can be a man. I'm holding on to him because of everything that we've been through. And I'm I'm ready to to be a grown-up. So sometimes we talk. And yeah, he's very proud of me. He thinks I'm the fucking awesomest thing ever. Which is all that I ever wanted to grow up to be, to be able to look back and be like, fuck yeah, I'm the shit. So when you let him go, do you think he's gonna be okay? Yeah, he's going to have to be. He has no choice. I have to. Because in order for me to love how I want to love, to grow how I want to grow, to be the man I want to be, I got to let that go. Everything that happened to me, all the trauma, all the pain, all the depression, feeling ugly, people telling me I'm ugly, telling him he was ugly, I got to let that go. I don't want to live the rest of my life shackled to that pain of my past. I just don't. Ain't no love awakening for me when I open the door. Wait. Hey, this is John from the Song Surfing Podcast. Song Surfing is a playlist of independent music pulled from the far reaches of the internet. 
I've been searching for music on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, Spotify, Slaps, Audius, Instagram, and a few others. And in each episode of Song Surfing, I present some excellent tunes by a diverse group of interesting independent artists. So if you like to discover new artists and explore some music from around the world, then come Song Surfing with me. Song Surfing is available on all podcast apps as well as Spotify and Amazon. Release me from the caption of the vultures that let me breathe. Right, right, right. I'm disgusting, disgusting. Addicted to a culture that merely bleeds. Light, light. What's sad is that in gay culture, it's like you have to penetrate to be intimate, and you don't. You know, you can hold hands, you could kiss, you could cuddle, you could paint together, you could cook together, you can watch each other's favorite films together. Everything doesn't have to be fucking for it to be intimate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sound so bad right now, but I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I, I enjoy sex, but I realize that the intimacy in and outside of sex is what I really love. More so the outside, because the inside, I know that part. But the outside part, you know, it, it, even if it's just a 10-minute walk to say bye, have a great day at work, just to know that I have you and you're there is, that's beautiful. You know, I haven't dated in five years. I tried, didn't work, but I had, my last relationship was five years ago. And, and and I promised myself that after what I went through with that, that I was going to wait for for the right person and I'm going to work on myself so that when it happens, I'll be ready for it. I can appreciate it. I can receive it and I won't fuck it up. In In gay culture with everything being so, you know, you can pull up an app and find somebody to fuck like that but you can't pull up an app and have a conversation with somebody about drag race or have a conversation with somebody about, hey, you're stuck on an island. You got three songs for the rest of your life. What songs are you going with? No one wants to do that. Everybody just wants that quick thing. We get into a relationship by fucking and not actually getting to know each other. It's like you fuck first and then you figure out who this person is. I'm not judging, like, there are people that have fucked on our first night and got married and still together. And that's wonderful, but that's not everyone's experience. I was on Twitter and there was this uh, black woman who was dating this white guy. And she was uh, tweeting about their relationship and then uh, the whole... uh, election thing was coming up and they got into like this really big thing and he called her a nigger and she was on twitter like i don't know what to do i love him da 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 but i think he's racist you think honey he called you a nigger to your face he for some odd reason he just likes you your pussy might be bomb but he has no Concerned about your well-being as a black woman. He doesn't care about black plight. None of that. 
you're you're the trophy to be like, yeah, see, I'm not racist. My girlfriend's black. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. We're accepted as long as we can play this role when you take us around your white friends and your white family. We're okay as long as we act how you want us to act and be how you want us to be in whatever dynamic you want us to be in. But the minute we're too black, it's a wrap. That's why it's it's the only, like, that's why I get nervous about dating outside of my race. Like, I'm not going to lie. There, like, there have been white men that I'd be like, yo, he's, yo, he fire. But I'm not dating anybody outside of my race unless we have a really serious conversation about race first. Like, I'm not dating you if, like, you say some wild shit and I'm just going to be like, oh, but I mean, you know, uh, but, uh, no. Fuck cultural differences. Having gone to work and coming up the escalator and the first thing I see is four police officers with, with, with fucking assault rifles. That shit is terrifying. But I bet the white man that was behind me wasn't scared. So if if you can't understand that, you don't get to fuck us, period. If you're not going to walk beside us in the struggle, you don't get to fuck us. If you can't stand up and say, this is wrong, you don't get to fuck us. And I just kind of wish that the black men that accept that type of shit would have that in their minds. Because you entertaining it is you telling them that it's okay for them to still be racist and still fuck you. Pump you full of fucking crystal meth and fuck you all night long. That's happened to uh, two black men in America by this white guy who was really, really big in politics. They just locked him up recently. Two black men had to die from him pumping them full of fucking meth for him to go down. That's white privilege. I'm barely breathing, no Duncan. Then how am I surviving this dying dream of life, of life, of life? Sometimes, sometimes I don't feel God. I don't feel God. I don't feel God. Sometimes, sometimes I don't feel God, and it scares me. It scares me. Sometimes, sometimes I don't feel God. I don't feel God. I'm a nurturer. I love it and I hate that. Because if you deal with the wrong man, he'll just expect you to just do everything for him because you're just the fucking mother hen of everything. But no, I'm 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 very domesticated. <laughs> and you're nurturing of your audience. You know, so much of what you've spoken about uh on this interview are about nurturing and looking out for your audience, people who you think are out there who are vulnerable. Oh, Dan. Oh, I could hug you right now. Thank you. I wasn't even thinking like I wasn't even really thinking about it like that, but that's a that that's a great perspective. Thank you, Dan. Um even at my this is oh even at my oh, this is gonna sound so bad. Even at my own detriment, I know how to give safe space to people that need it. And that's a gift and a curse, honey. But it's also a sign that you're a kind man. And a good artist. 
it's a gift and I, you better you better lay it on thick dan you better lay it on thick thank you dan D yo everybody sidebar <laughs> i'm talking to everyone not you dan has been absolutely amazing this has been one of the best podcast interview experiences i've ever had all right back to the conversation um when in an intimate situation i sacrifice my pleasure from my partner and I think that's very selfless because men are very, very selfish in the bedroom. We're not all selfish, darling. No, that's true. But some. <laughs> I've, I've dealt with a lot of selfish brothers in the bed. so Darling, you're um, taking your socks off around the wrong people. First of all, man's don't take off his socks, you get me. I sex with my socks on. And and that's true. Like I I like I don't I'm very weird about feet. I'm very weird about my feet. So if we're in the bed and we start playing footsie, I like you. I'm just putting it out there just in case. <laughs> How presumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> just so everybody knows, we're we're actually doing this podcast naked on a video chat. So you know that's why. I can't surrender to the consequence of another self-loathing song. Sometimes, Sometimes I don't feel God. I don't feel God. Sometimes I don't feel God, and it scares me. And it scares me. Sometimes I don't feel God. I don't feel God. Sometimes I don't feel God, and it scares me. And it scares me. Is that song really a cover? What instrument are they playing there? What do those crazy lyrics mean? If you're the kind of person who thinks about stuff like that, you're in luck because I've got just the podcast for you. How Good It Is chooses a single song each episode and takes a dive into the story behind the song and the artist who made it famous. I'm Claude Call. You can find me in your favorite podcast software or just point your browser to howgooditis.com. How good it is. Dear black people, therapy is not for white people. If you have the insurance, if you have the wherewithal, take your ass to fucking therapy, please. Unaware of my proclivities to self-sabotage, I dive face first, drown in the deep end. Will I ever make it to the top? But that will depend on my water swim and walk against the current fresh face. New pays time to turn it or succumb to the I was able to forgive my father for not being present. I was able to forgive my mother for everything that we went through, all the things she dragged me into. I'm still working through my intimacy issues. But therapy really helped me a lot. This time has been very like um good for me to just really focus on, you know, my art and making better music and just really being the artist that I've wanted to be because I've kind of held that back for so long. And why did you do that? Because I was gay and I didn't want to be all gay in my music. Ain't nobody going to fuck with no gay rapper. So just like keep that to yourself. And I kept it out of my music for as long as I possibly could. And how long was that? Up until the Pulse nightclub shooting that happened in Florida. Um... It was a gay club that was shot up. Um, 
a lot of people died. And I was, I believe that was 2016. I was really crushed by that. I wrote a song about it and I came out in the song. I was like, okay, well, that's it. Well, it was fun while it lasted. It was cool being an artist. I I I guess I'm done now. And no, that didn't happen. I started getting booked like I've never been booked in my life. <laughs> so me doing that was probably the best thing that I could have done, but it still took me a couple of years after that to really like be free and to use pronouns and to talk about sucking dick in a Benz. It's incredibly important for us to hear our pronouns in our songs. Oh, yeah. I was so scared to say he, him. I was making references to pussy that I've never even been involved with. Like, so it, it, it was just like, I just, I can't, I can't keep doing this anymore. And it must be particularly challenging, especially in the rap genre. Fuck yeah. Because the very nature of rap music is this huge volume of words. And the more words you have, it, it must be the harder it is to hide. Absolutely. I got really good at lying. Let me make sure I'm not being too effeminate on stage. Let me, you know, stand a certain type of way and be a certain type of way and be masculine presenting because then they'll respect me as 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 being a rapper. It gets to a point where it's like, am I am I gonna walk in my truth and 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 stand ten toes firm in that shit, or am I gonna keep dancing around it because I want? people to like me and I want to be popular and I want bros and the quote-unquote homies to rock with my music but it's like when am I gonna do anything for myself I'm always doing everything for everybody else it was scary but it felt really good though rather like kissing for the first time uh they're kind of like sucking dick for the first time like that's how good it felt like I don't I don't I don't mean to be graphic but that that's really how it felt like when like you have it in in your hand and you're about to put your mouth to it like that's how it felt i had never allowed myself to move my hips or or to strut across the stage or anything i never i never let myself do that and it felt good and i was nervous and i was scared but when i opened my eyes and i saw people dancing that was when it was like like great black hype night hip hop wonder i'm a break from the bullshit commercial blunder advise you to think twice don't blink fast and undermine the intelligence that i die has because i be that bill accelerate your body let your mind be still outstretch your hands let your soul be masculinity is just who you are individually as a man in your manhood, however, whatever that may be. If you want to dye your hair, if you want to paint your nails, if you want to get many petties and facials, whatever your manhood is to you, that's what masculinity is. Do you think there's a stronger pressure than amongst the black community to be masculine than amongst the general populace? Hell yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Like the, the man, come on now. Because we're supposed to be strong and this and that and fucking pussy beaters and, and killers and rah, 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 all this other fucking bullshit that, that doesn't fucking mean anything. Just, just, just shit that we were fucking programmed to be from, from, from fucking slavery. I, we don't know who's going to hear this. And, and, and I don't just want our queer family to hear this episode. I want everyone to hear this and to hear me very, very clearly. Especially black men. Brothers... No one is telling you not to be a man. 
No one is telling you not to be masculine. No one is taking anything away from you as a black man. The only thing that we are saying to you is when we bring certain things to your attention, you fucking fix it. Your refusal to not be homophobic, your refusal to not be transphobic, your refusal to not beat women, to degrade women is toxic masculinity. Not you being a man, not you sagging your pants, not you fucking speaking your mind. That's not it. Be a fucking man. Be a whole man. You got a whole dick in a set of balls. Be a whole man, but don't be a shit man. If you see a gay man, shut the fuck up. If you see a trans woman, shut the fuck up. If you see her being harassed, don't pull your phone out. Help her. I shouldn't have to be scared every time I leave my house in a tight pair of jeans. I shouldn't have to be scared when I go to the liquor store to buy wine, but I am. That's toxic masculinity. And that, of course, goes across the whole board. Uh, the whole fucking board. Our women are the backbones of our fucking communities. And we treat them like dirt. Where do you think it comes from then, this, this subjugated attitude towards women? That's passed down, Dan. From daddy to son, from son to new son, from dad to new son, from grandpa to son. We teach boys that. We teach boys about saying faggot and sissy, don't play with dolls. We teach girls, don't play with trucks, don't do this, don't, don't, don't dress sexy, don't have your titties out. We teach that. These are learned behaviors. God, am I still enough to levitate? My mother told me to respect people, to respect everyone. I just want to elevate. I just wanna elevate, hey, uh, I just wanna elevate God am I still enough to levitate? Peace to the highest of heights, speak peace to the darkest night, speak peace to the turmoil inside my plight that sees from the brightest of light is so Ism, you, you genuinely seem to have a lot of wisdom. Mm -hmm. So for for those of us listening, and I count myself in this, those of us that wanna shake demons from ourselves, what advice would you give us? You, you gotta send your shit sometimes, man. And it and it's and it's ugly, bro. And it's oh my god, it's so painful and it's ugly. And you're by yourself a lot of the times in it. But send your shit and you figure that shit the fuck out. Why the fuck am I doing this to myself? What could I be doing that would be more productive than doing this right now? And of course, also to listen to your music. So listen to my fucking music. Damn it, Dan. You better come in with the alley oop. Yeah, and put on my fucking music. I really believe, Ism, that you cannot be what you cannot see. You are making music that, that allows people to see themselves. It allows people to have an identity. Wow, thank you. Wow. Wow. <laughs> thank you, Dan. <laughs> That'll be $150, please, and your hour's up. Oh, my God. Yeah, just invoice me because that was good. Um, I've, I've always wanted to hear that though. I've always wanted to hear that. I didn't think anybody would ever say that to me ever. So I don't know. It could be the wine too, but that really made me feel really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I surrendered the fight. Find peace in the spirit of calm. Fresh your pain in the smile of your palm. And on and on, you'll keep on. At the mention, you'll realize the pain is Ism, if there was going to be one song that introduced you to our audience, one gateway song that got people really, really into your message, what would it be? Oh, fuck. Do you know?
know how much fucking music I have, Dan? <laughs> well, darling, that's really not my problem. God damn, the fuck you for that. <laughs> <laughs> when I come to London, you owe me a drink for that shit. <laughs> um, and and I don't want no pussy shit. Like, you better make me some fire fucking London shit. Don't worry, darling. I'll make you a gin and tonic. But, Dan, this is really fucking hard, man. God damn. Your entire career hinges on this, darling. Fuck it. It's it in it. Sorry. It's it in it. It's my baby. And it's the one song that slays every show. And I feel like once you hear it's it in it, you're going to want to hear the rest of Black Boy Wonderment. And then after you get done with Black Boy Wonderment, it's going to be like, well, what else is there? And then that's when you do your deep dive. And that's that's how I've I've built my audience was from people coming from Black Boy Wonderment and then going backwards. Body, face, all up in this place. He a chocolate kind of shade. He got to get laid, cause I'm better than a motherfucker. You wish you had a brother all up in this mother. Dudes be madder than a motherfucker. I am all up the Joneses. Put this house all up in your boneses. So newbie in these poses. Give me them accolades and them roses. Come up at the club and you look so toe up. Yeah, I'm finna throw up on a Tuesday. I'm tryna go. Ism, thank you so much for being so open and and candid and honest with with our audience here at in the key of q no thank you thank you you've been an absolute asset to the gay community to our audience thank you and most importantly you've been an asset to that little black boy that you were who was frightened and alone and you're singing songs making records that make sure other little black boys like that are not feeling alone. And you can be so proud of that. Thank you. Wow, that made my day. Thank you. He from Jamaica, but he be looking. Flow, jump on to me, they be booking. I put a stop to it like a book. If I don't do anything, I just want to encourage people to go after this shit. Whatever your shit is be it music, art, dance, photography, literature, poetry, film, whatever. Go after it. Because imagine if I had let people stop me, I wouldn't be here with Dan. I wouldn't have a song on a Spike Lee soundtrack. So go after your shit, dude. Go after your shit and go after it hard. If you are affected by any of the issues in this episode, support links are provided in the show notes. Our opening music is by Paulie Nidu at unstoppablemonsters.com. Remember to check the show notes for the Spotify playlist exclusive to this episode. And check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash in the key of Q where you can find all sorts of exclusive content. You can find us on all the usual social media platforms, rate and review the podcast as well, it really, really helps. And reach out and say hello on email at dan at in the key of Q.com. Many thanks to Kajun Kanfer and Murray Lang for their support in making this episode. And an extra special thanks goes to Craig Grove. I'm Dan Hall, recording at Pup Media Consultancy, and this is In the Key of Q. Remember, best days are Q's days. <laughs> <laughs>